Well, welcome to episode 45 of the Blofeld Podcast. We're your host, Alex and Tucker. This week, we're going to be touching on the Qatar Grand Prix, a race that was probably not quite as interesting as the qualifying and the fallout from <laughs> qualifying. And we also wanted to touch on a pretty big, not a reveal because we'd seen pictures of it, but we finally got the specs on the uh, Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 RS. And yeah. uh, it's a pretty interesting proposition if you're a, if you're a Porsche fan. So wanted to make sure we touched on that. But the race this week in Qatar, uh, qualifying was quite interesting. Uh, so Lewis Hamilton ended up coming in first, which is not surprising. Right. But, <laughs> but the fallout uh, from the rest of it was pretty interesting. So they're in Q3 and Pierre Gasly right before the just before the finish line on kind of the last, you know, 30 seconds or so for a flying lap, he gets a flat and he's still out on, on the circuit just before the pit lane. So they're, they've got double yellows going and both Max Verstappen and Valtteri Bottas fail to appropriately slow down for the double yellow. So Max qualified second, but he was penalized, uh, I believe five places um yeah yeah he was penalized five places uh for not obeying you know not slowing down for the double yellow so he had to start in seventh uh and Valtteri Botas got a three-place grid penalty uh for the same thing essentially that's true and you know I do wasn't you know sure why those why. guys did, did they not did they not see it do you think I mean I you know it's tough because that I would think they'd see it because like they have up on up on they have like visual little lights that flash on the side of the track when there's yeah, a yellow true, flag yeah. or a safety car or whatever. So but you know, that being said, they're all on flying laps. They're all mm-hmm. super focused. You know, they're pushing these cars to the absolute limit of what that car can handle on that track, right? So yeah. I don't think they're necessarily they're kind of a, I think probably relying more so on their pit wall folks on their team to let them know yeah. that hey double yellow you know double, double yellow. yellow slow yeah. down and so i'm not sure how they both kind of missed it but so they both you know the, and i remember watching that and i remember seeing you know pierre scoot to the far what would it be left of the track mm-hmm. and you know i i just don't remember the details anymore but you know people were rounding the corner Right. You know, and saw a car sitting over there. And I think then they, you know, started to slow down. Right. So I don't remember if, you know, Max and Valtteri just blazed through the finish line at, you know, mm-hmm. full pace. And full yeah, you could, you know, you could probably make the argument, well, the guy's on the other side of the track, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of, it's in essence, you know, similar to passing someone at, at high speed during these qualifying laps when they, when they Mm -hmm. basically practically are standing still relative to how fast the cars are going by them. Right. But I think like the, the end of the day, you just can't mess with that. I mean, it's a safety thing. It's a safety thing, you know, and you go back and you see, you know, cases where people got severely injured or killed Mm -hmm. in these scenarios that are, unthinkable you know like oh a car spun out and it's just hanging out there by the exit race is going on and then all of a sudden somebody goes right into that car 
Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, and so it, that kind of stuff happens. And I think the car, you know, because it's not powered and can't mm-hmm. get, get out of the way, it is right. basically a sitting duck. So I think, yeah, at the end of the day, if the double yellows come up, it's just, it is what it is. And you gotta, yeah, gotta you gotta gas, you know? Yeah. So it was, you know, I think pretty quickly it became, it became damage limitation for Red Bull. They they knew that the Mercedes for Lewis, especially had been really fast all weekend. Exactly. He had it the was, fastest time in Q1, fastest yeah. in Q2. They knew that this track layout kind of favored Mercedes. And yeah. so Max starts in, in uh, seventh. And Pierre Gasly started actually on the on the front row with Lewis uh, in in second place. Fernando Alonso, because of the time penalties to Valtteri and Max, jumped up to third place on the grid. And so that's kind of how they started. And on the first lap, I mean, Max took off like a freaking rocket. Yeah, um, he had a good start. He he t- he had a great start, and I think he pa- he had passed a couple people before the first turn, and then I, yeah, think, I think he did. It only it took him what maybe Alonso almost pushed him off the track because I don't think <laughs> yeah. Alonso knew he had gained that many spaces that so quickly. Right? Yeah, you know? and Valtteri had Valtteri has has a penchant for bad reaction times off the start for whatever reason. <laughs> he felt quite a ways back in the pack, um, as did uh, Seb uh, Vettel. He went from like 10th to 17th. A <laughs> really bad stop, or really bad starts. So you had Lewis, then Pierre, then Fernando uh, going into the first turn. But Max, I think by, was it the second or third lap, he was up yeah. behind Alonso, and then within another couple laps, he had passed Alonso. Yeah, I, I think he passed him out like on the straight he and did it might yeah. have been the first time he got pretty close, mm-hmm. and then there was some commentary about, "Oh, is he going to get past him?" And like while they were com- commenting, he was it was like clear, yeah, he was in a slipstream and was going to be gone. Right? Yeah, and you know that was you know we were just briefly chatting before we started recording the the race, the mid pack race was kind of interesting in in some regards, um, uh, particularly with the Alpines versus the Ferraris and and the mclarens but it was amazing to me that i expect lewis and max to to absolutely walk a haas or even an alpha tari or whatever but they drove away from everybody yeah. you know perez yeah, couldn't did. catch up to him valtteri couldn't catch up to him you know alonzo who was in third and 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 finished in third he was behind him by like 40 seconds I, you know, I, it just is amazing to me at some, you know, we say like, oh, you know, this guy's a great car. That guy's a great car. It's just this race showed me more than just about any other. These guys are just so far and away better than everyone yeah. else in the field. You know, I still think if you put, um, you know, George Russell in a Mercedes, he's going to be m- mega competitive. But mm-hmm. The I think the opposite, you know, I think if you put Max in an Alpha Tari, he's still going to be competing for podiums. I, I just think these guys, yeah. they, they're, they're on a different plane than everybody else. Yeah, this year it's been evident that their competition has, like, elevated both of them. 
Yeah, um, yeah. To, to levels that without each other, they probably couldn't have achieved. And right. I don't really, objectively, I think at this point, I don't really think of either as being like a better driver than the no. other. I think they're both just as good. It, it really just comes down to the machines there. Well, driving. The, we, you had touched on it in one of our previous podcasts. And I think it, and, and in texts we were kind of sending back and forth this week, I think you alluded to it, and I think you're spot on. They are both so freaking good and probably so equivalent in terms of talent that now it comes down to the remaining racetracks and what kind of machine they favor. You yeah. Know, do they favor the sheer power of the Mercedes? Are they a super high-speed, high-power track? Or do they favor the high downforce, you know, cornering ability and, and handling of the Red Bull? Yeah. And that's, kind of, you know, and that's where my prediction lies. Uh, you know, we've talked these last two tracks favor the Mercedes. Yeah, you know, Jeddah and Saudi Arabia and then 100 percent. Yes, Marina. And the, and the thing about it is Lewis, he's done this seven times already. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make him nervous, you know. He knows um, he knows how to be in that position. He's been there. Yeah. yeah. And so I he the guy just doesn't he doesn't make missteps. So yeah. I, I think I think it's basically in my mind, it's it's his world champ, even though he's not in the lead right now, it's his to lose. Right. I and, mean the thing is, barring any accidents or exactly. failures, Lewis just has to win. And and that's and that's what it's gonna I think rely on either you know, one of them DNFs because they get into a tangle mm-hmm. or um, somebody has a blowout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, an engine failure, something kind yeah. of, you know. I do wonder what a, like, say you go into Yaz Marina um, for the last race of the season and Lewis has gotten the, the driver's championship lead by five points or whatever the math would be at that point. Or, or say Max is still ahead, but it's by like a point. What does max what does a what does a desperate max for stappen do <laughs> you know that's, I, think I think i think we're gonna find out man that's really compelling to me. <laughs> i do and that's you know one of the things i mean lewis max still a really pretty young guy in this sport right um you know and lewis is at a point where you know, he's probably maybe going to transition a little bit more to kind of a mentoring role with mm-hmm. uh, Russell coming on board. And I think those guys seem like they'll jive well together. Right. And yeah. and so I think Max, you know, needs to look a little bit to the future. You know, next year is a complete unknown for everybody. Yeah. And so if he, you know, is kind of shitting all over the track and mm-hmm. doing crazy stuff, I don't think that's... It's not super yeah. impressive to me, you know? Yeah, um, I also, I, I think he, there has to be a part of him, though, that thinks like, okay, next year with the rule changes, I think we're going to have a good car, but it's, no one really knows. No one knows. Yeah, but nobody knows. he knows he's got a world championship caliber car this year. And so you know, how much is he going to hang it on the line, you know? And you don't know these guys like... um was it was it um schumacher mm-hmm. he fundamentally just when they talked with him after he literally on the you know replay dr- 
drives his car oh, into the other yeah. car. Yeah, right. Uh, and he's like, I just, I didn't, that didn't happen. I don't remember doing that. Yeah, yeah. It's almost, you just, that's the thing that I think is, as as lay people and not racing these cars, I don't think mm-hmm. we can really appreciate how much of this is done by the lizard brain in people. Yeah, yeah. You're not, not you're reacting. No, you're not sitting there with a cup of coffee, you know, debating the pros and cons of this and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, well, how will this happen? What will this impact be on my legacy? I um, think that's why all these guys... just kind of react to some of this stuff, yeah. you know? I think that's why all these guys, to, to be at this level, they had to start carding when they were, you know, five, six, seven years old, so that as your body is maturing, as you're going through puberty, as you're doing, you know, all along the way, you're training your muscles and your reactions for these very specific tasks. So, I mean, it is, it's not innate, but it's damn near innate in in terms of, you know, doing quick counter steer to catch the rear end as it slips out, you know, like, you watch yeah. Lewis or Max drive, and the, when the tires start getting low, and you see that rear end kind of start to slide out, going around a, a corner, and they catch it, and it probably doesn't even register in their mind to yeah. do that little, you know, counter lock to catch the rear. Like, it's just, that's what they've been doing since they were five, you know, with their carts, and, and so... And that's like why, you know, afterward when you interview them, <laughs> they don't have a lot of intelligible things to say right. yeah, they're, about some of these split decisions. Yeah, they're they just can like, talk about the strategy, but yeah, they're operating on like milliseconds, you know. Yeah, it's I, just, this is just what my body did. Yeah, my eyes <laughs> put them into eyes, the wall. Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like my eyes registered it, my hands and feet did what they're yes. trained to do and it never really got to the frontal lobes like it, it just basically i think that they're you know <laughs> it's like it's, a, it's like a pure reflex arc it really i, I think so yeah for because when you're going at these speeds you know yeah. and, well i was watching an in-car from Volteri. i think it was Volteri, and he goes around this you know quick turn and he's got another turn coming up very shortly and you're you're thinking okay if i'm in his position I'm thinking, okay, I got to move over to this side of the track to set up for the apex to then come out wide. And, you know, I'd be having to think about all that stuff. Him, he's fiddling with the dials on the steering wheel and yeah. going to a different engine setting. And, you know, Max yeah. is on, you know, Max is doing some crazy, you know, uh, chicane while talking to his yeah. race engineer. Yeah, about strategy. Yeah, it's just amazing. Where is Perez? We got to get yeah. him up here just, to do yeah. this you it know, just shows that's... you they can let that the the executive function part of their brain wander to the strategy while their body yeah. is just doing the rest doing what it needs to do yeah uh, speaking of you know people and in particular poor valtteri man i was actually really impressed that he he oh. he brought that blown out tire all the way back yeah, uh, especially oh, when he went like interesting thing, fifty yeah. yards deep into the gravel, I was like, "He's right. not getting out of that." He's not yeah. We should we should touch on that. So so um, a lot of cars were on a one stop strategy. So it was what a fifty one lap race. I want to say something and like that. Yeah, they so mo- so some teams were doing a two stop where they would use softs and mediums. Um, other teams were doing I think it was softs and mediums. I might be wrong on that, but. 
the other thing was the other strategy was yeah. mediums going to hard compound. Yeah. And they expected the hard compound to be able to, you know, Pirelli expected the hard compound to be able to last like, I want to say like 30 or 40 laps, something like that. And uh, yeah, yeah. But what ended up happening was there were what at least three cars that had three and it was like the left front i think every time yeah it was they were hitting those they were Mm -hmm. talking about the the chicanes here are you know okay but then Mm -hmm. there's these curbs right which are like a foot in the air or something just these riveted foot in the air curves (laughs) which are obviously not not kind to the front left tire if you're on them (laughs) yes so so the curbing there's the red and white stripe curbing that you see but if you're watching the video like replay of the of the race you can see there's these additional curbs there's this additional curbing just beyond the red and white curb and it's probably a good six inches higher, and it's much more. Yeah. It's not rounded it's like white curbing. It's actually sh- like. Um, oh like yeah, thick. yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah that, and yeah, they were they were shredding their tires. Well, that, and that's what it, happened to Pierre uh, in qualifying. They showed yeah. it in slow motion. He went over that, mm-hmm. and I mean, he hit that thing. Immediate and puncture. Immediate puncture, like. Carbon fiber and shit is flying everywhere. It was like, holy yeah. cow, these are not kind if you go go over them. <laughs> well, and what was funny was I it took me a second to to realize what it was, but um when they showed Pierre and then when they showed the other the punctures in the race, um the front left uh wing was like sparking and I was like and I thought like my thought initially was when I saw Pierre was that he somehow damaged his front wing and some of the carbon yeah. fiber from the front wing punctured the tire. Yeah. But what was happening was with the front tire deflated, that it caused the left front of the wing to drag on the ground. Gotcha. Because the top, you know, I mean, if you. Yeah, look, yeah. I mean, I remember Valtteri like, just off the ground. Alonso drove by him looking at him like, what in the hell is going yeah. on? Well, and, <laughs> and you could, like, you could, you could, you knew this information was filtering through that the the hard if you're on the hard compound and and it's fairly late in the tire life you know 25 plus laps on tires you know to be careful with those curbs because they actually got on the uh, alpine race engineers got on the um team radio to alonzo and were like stay off the curbs like yeah because you're you know, you're not on a one stop up, buddy yeah, you're not going to yeah. get up in the second you're you're not going to lose third if you're safe stay off the curbing because it's yeah. shredding tires right now. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the race, we had like one after another, it felt like yeah, all within a, a couple of laps now, but both, both, that, both that, Williams, George Russell and then Nicholas Latifi, the next uh, lap had the exact same thing happen. It was, it was crazy. You know, I, I was skeptical that even if we didn't have the yellow flag at the end or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it was, a virtual safety car. Yeah. I don't think Perez is going to catch him. No. I mean, he was having some pretty impressive lap times, but I think at that point there was only like four laps left and he was gaining yeah. like a half a second a lap and he, yeah. he needed to make up like eight seconds. So yeah, I, no, I, I, don't, I don't Alon- think he would have got there. And Alonzo is, is one of the best at defending a position. Yeah. Like, he's very... And, Unless you're just like a lion, 
Well, that's why, like, that's why Verstappen knew he had to pass him on the straight with DRS. Like, if he's trying yeah. to pass, going through a corner, Alonso doesn't care that you're fighting for the the, the <laughs> yeah. drivers' championship. He'll he'll push off the track. Like he'll defend. <laughs> You know, especially when, it, especially when he's like on the precipice of of setting the record for longest longest time in between podiums. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wants to end that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was it was fun seeing him back on the podium, though. Um, I agree. But overall, it was an interesting interesting qualifying. Um, a little less interesting race, although there was some shenanigans with the tires, but. Super impressive watching Lewis and Max just walk the field. Um, I know. And I suspect it's going to be the same for the next, you know, the last few races. But uh, I think we are, are we off this week? Yes. Um, yes. Yep. Yeah. So we're off this week. And then uh, Saudi Arabian Grand Prix is December 5th um, mm-hmm. at uh, the Jeddah Corniche circuit. And then we go to Abu Dhabi, uh, Yas Marina, which is one of the most beautiful yeah, that is a I cool track. It's yeah, cool I agree. Track, but uh, we go to Yas Marina for the the final race of the season, which hmm. you know, barring anything wild in Saudi Arabia, I think it's all going to come down. Could, to I agree. And it, so. even if, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like as long as those guys finish the next race, you know, the the it'll come down to the last one because somebody could still DNF. You know, right? You just never know. Um, so we wanted to also though touch on, as I alluded to at the beginning. Uh, Porsche finally, um, you know, we saw some press photos uh, a week or two ago, but they finally officially unveiled uh, the 718 Cayman GT4 RS at the LA Auto Show this week. Um, you know, it's been obviously there were rumors about it for a long time, um, and they finally revealed it. It's uh, there was kind of speculation as to to what the power plant would be and. How close were they going to let it get to kind of 911 mm-hmm. territory, all that? So, so the engine is the exact same four liter engine from the GT3, mm-hmm. uh, the 992 GT3, which is also the same engine that's in my GT3 RS. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, they did detune it a little bit. So, it, it normally makes, I think, 503 to 513, depending on the figures you see. Uh, but they detuned it to 493 uh, horsepower, uh, but it still hits that beautiful 9,000 RPM redline, and uh, supposedly goes zero to 60 in 3.2 seconds, which is you know basically GT3 RS pace. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's substantially faster <laughs> around the Nurburgring than the GT4, and only I think six or seven seconds slower than the GT3 RS. Um, so. You know, I I have a few thoughts on this, um, but uh, what did you what did you think of kind of finally seeing this out in the wild, a mid-engined car with a GT3 engine in it? You know, it's interesting. I think if you took somebody from the '90s or maybe the '80s mm-hmm. and you debadged one of these and you showed it to them, they'd say, "Oh, that's a that's a high performance 911." That's what mm-hmm. I would expect a high performance 911 to be. Right. And then you showed them the actual 911 and they'd be like, Jesus Christ, that's enormous. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. I, I still think the night I love the 911, the way it looks, it's it's gorgeous. 
Right. But it's almost kind of grown to be a caricature of itself. You know, when you see it behind, you're like, oh, my God, that thing it's is a big car. You know, it's gorgeous, but it is wide as a house. Yeah. And um, and so I think if you are, you know, kind of looking for that, you know, purity in terms of size, performance, mm-hmm. um, if you if you performance matched mm-hmm. uh, that engine from the GT3 RS mm-hmm. into this, I, I, I bet it would set, you know, fastest laps. I think that's um, why they had to detune it quite, quite frankly. It probably did, yeah. yeah Re- probably realistically, this is literally the same engine that's in my car. So I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure a, a straightforward software manipulation would get you all that power back that they detuned, you know, that they took out yeah. of it. Um, yeah. So I, this is a really interesting car to me in that you've got... I agree, it is. It is an interesting car. You've got it's a... It's very interesting because it's super expensive still. It is. <laughs> but, you know, you're talking about a car that is now... So assuming you can get one at MSRP, which realistically, these are going to go 50, 60 over unless you got an allocation. Like if you're buying yeah. it secondhand these are going to be 50 60 over but starting price is 141 if you so i spec'd one up on the mm-hmm. configurator yeah the stuff you'd want to have the Y it has the white sock package like my car does where you have more carbon fiber stuff it's a little bit lighter yes, and correct yeah, that's correct right with the stereo you want <laughs> i i spec'd it all up and i think it was around like 170 180 that's about right. 40 grand so, in options right, yeah, <laughs> for that, a yeah, Pretty standard for a Porsche. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is, you know, that puts it squarely I know. behind I know. A, a reasonably optioned 911 GT3. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. this will be better in terms of a track. I mean, it's not going to be a better daily driver necessarily because it's probably going to be That's true. That. That's true. And for, 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 you know, for, for carving a great mountain road or Canyon or whatever, this is, this is probably gonna be better. I I agree with you. I think it probably will be. And that, like you said, the price point is, is interesting, but I think these things, you know, they speak to not completely different people, Mm -hmm. but, but like yourself, the people that are buying these are going to have, like frankly, I probably would not buy an RS mm-hmm. because the truth is I'd probably daily not daily drive it, but I I drive it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And um I don't I don't know that I would take it on a track necessarily. I you know, if if yeah. I had a track that was a lot closer than where our tracks are relative to us, I might. Yeah. But um so you know, if you're in that vein of yeah, I'm gonna probably track this, mm-hmm. you know, I might save it for kind of more specific uh you know back roads driving right then they then they probably make sense and so the question is you know what is a gt3 rs specked out right relative to this yeah no Um, i i think it's probably going to be my guess is specced out it's probably going to be 250 260 yeah so so that's a lot of money saved yeah, you know, no, exactly. if 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 money's actually meaningful to you, 
Well, yeah, um, and that's the irony is to probably even be able to get on the list to buy this, like to, to get an allocation, <laughs> you've probably already spent, you know, deep into the six figures at your local Porsche dealership. So uh, is it aimed more at our, you know, people that are spending a half a million dollars with us and this is we're just offering them a different flavor of candy? Yeah, that's or, I think so. I because think so how, too. How else? I think so too. It's it's a it's it's an interesting proposition from a selling standpoint because part of what keeps what makes RS cars and GT cars in general, um, what what keeps their values up is they don't make they make a, a good amount of them compared to like say a Ferrari limited edition car, but it's still a limited edition product. Um, mm-hmm. where they don't make a ton. And Andreas Preuninger, the, the head of the GT division at Porsche, has already said they're basically going to build this thing for two, maybe two and a half years. And mm-hmm. and, he's, and he said there are going to be a lot of these. We're going to make a lot of these. Okay. And so, you know, he, these are not going to be as, you know, my like my RS, it, it's one model year. It's 2019. Yeah. It's, it's the only 991.2 GT3 RS year that... that their their production yeah and so you know there's going to be a lot of these relative to the 911 gt3 rs and the gt2 rs and now that being said maybe we need to contact trevor and (laughs) see if we can get an allocation because Mm -hmm. this is gonna this is gonna go electric right and so this is it well that's what i that's what i told you like it's interesting. This will be the only generation of GT4 RS like this. Mm-hmm. Naturally and so, happens. yeah, from that standpoint, you know, this car could potentially be an investment from the standpoint of it. Of if you took the approach of it being a long hold, right? You know, yeah. you got, I mean, it's, it's you're gonna it's, have to hold it, it for a while. Yeah, it's the only model. It's the only model of of cayman gt4s that will have a naturally aspirated engine yeah it's got in my opinion one of the greatest engines ever made uh naturally aspirated engines ever made yeah and the the funny thing is though i don't know if i like how it looks (laughs) yeah i've really gotten accustomed to the you know the rear on the 911s and and I guess that's carried through into the Taycan and some of these with that kind of single light bar that right. stretches across the back. I think that looks really cool. Yeah. The, you know, the taillights on this, on the 718 in general, definitely signal this is not a 911 big time. Yeah, like, you know, different. from behind, like, this is, this is a different car. This is not a 911. Well, the, you the know? funny thing and is so, they, they poach, the hood is the exact I same see that. On a, that's on, on, my gen gt3 rs with the max because the front of this car looks a hell of a lot like your car yeah it looks you know yeah the the front air dam is a bit different but the the wheel arches they put uh they put wheel arches that are basically straight off the rs the gt3 rs now the one thing that i and they took the wing basically straight off the 992 gt3 it's got the same swan neck wing which i think makes it's it makes the car look unbalanced to me like it's so big and the car is not a big car it's you know on the on the gt3 it kind of gets away with it because the 911 is a big car now yeah. True, um, it's yeah but the one thing that i think is 
freaking rad about this car is right behind the driver's side window is an air intake for the engine and that thing when you're on you know pedal to the floor going between probably five and 8500 rpms will be just i can't imagine the sound that that thing is going to be making i it's going to be that will be awesome (laughs) (laughs) that would be cool wouldn't it (laughs) so i'm kind of torn about the car i think from a value proposition it is it's crazy to say it's good value for money but when it's competing with gt3 rs's and and other kind of high performance cars like that it is i mean it is punching above its weight the other thing we didn't kind of touch on is is badge snobbery yeah is okay you're paying a ton of money for a Cayman, you know, you're paying money. Yeah. Like you're, you're basically paying what a a decently optioned GT3 will cost you. For which is kind of where, yeah, which is kind of where I think it comes back to a good chunk of the people buying these. Like we said, have already invested into the you know Porsche brand, and they're buying this as a different flavor. Yeah, and, I can um, see a lot of people buying that. A lot of the people that buy this have a GT3 as their daily That's driver. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yep. Yeah. And then they have this for the as their track toy. Yep. You know? Because <laughs> this, and, yeah, exactly. I mean, that would be kind of like a, the perfect combination, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it. it's it's going to feel, you know, the engine and the, the drivetrain in general is straight out of GT3. So if you're daily driving a GT3, Canyon carving lit or whatever, and you mm-hmm. hop into this. It's going to feel exactly like your GT3 with the exception of, you know, more downforce, lighter weight, you know, so for for a track toy standpoint, it's perfect for that. Um, Yeah. But it's really interesting to me. I never, I never thought that they would really get this deep into 911 territory with a Cayman um, at at the risk of cannibalizing their own buyers, but you know, we've talked. They about are very before. good at that. They are very good at at stratifying, stratifying. things in this company. My God, right. do they? And we'll probably just, talk about it next week with the, with the Tycon variants that were announced as well. Yeah, um, they're very good at stratifying it out. <laughs> they are. So it's interesting that they, you know, put this so deep into GT product nine eleven territory, but I think you know there is a significant component that is, you know, people aren't deciding people that are buying these kind of cars oftentimes aren't saying I'm either going to get the GT three or the GT four S they're going to get both. Um, yeah, and that's just so. the reality of, of kind of this crazy high end car market, but it um, is honestly, but it's exciting to see. So I'll, I'll be excited to see when they get them into the, to the dealership and go check one out and see what it looks like in person. And, um, yeah, carried forward the the sweet magnesium wheels that were I saw that, yeah. the, the really good. so um i think that's going to do it for us this week uh we'll be back next week uh with some car news um there were some uh cool very freaking cool tycon variants that were announced yep. this week uh and then uh including a there was also a ferrari limited edition product announced this week so We've got plenty to talk about. We've got some good uh, stuff, yeah. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Until then, uh, we thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time.